It says rejoice always. A little small sentence in the Word of God says rejoice always. God's given us something here that we can we can use. Little things that's easy to remember. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. To always be talking to God about whatever we're facing, whatever he wants us to do, to always be listening to him and have that conversation. Just like with our best friend. You know when you get with friends and you don't see them for a while, they go out of town and they come back. You can't wait to get to talk to them. There's so much catching up to do. And a lot of times you talk about the same stuff. Over and over, the stuff that, that meant something to you. So rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Giving thanks in everything. The world will tell us we don't have to do that. There are people that will tell us that, well, that don't make sense. And they're... But this is what the Bible says, and what the Bible says is right. Amen? Amen? And we face things. That lets us know right there, God's telling us you're going to face some things. It might be cancer in your life. It may be financial difficulties. It, who knows what it is. But whatever it is that can take us, and it can bring us to the place that we don't want to pray. It can bring us to the place that we don't want to rejoice always. And we don't always want to have that thanks we need to understand that in Jesus Christ, that's exactly what God wants us to have, and he put it in his word. It's not Paul writing this. Yeah, he might have been the guy that penned it, but we've got to understand this came from the Holy Ghost. This came from God. This is a mandate from heaven. If it's in the Bible, he, he put it there. We don't have to try to figure out the psycho Bible, what was going on inside of Paul's head. Books have been written on it, and people are making a whole lot of money on that kind of stuff. But it's the word of God. It came from heaven. And Paul was just the guy that was doing the writing. Amen? And so we have this little small bit of scripture here that God's given us. Letting us know where we need to be. And says, do not quench the spirit. Now you might have took something wrong I said this morning. But I want to I go back to it, okay? Do not quench the spirit. He's talking about inside of you because this is a mandate for you, each one of us. God's talking to me as if there's nobody else around for me to pray always, rejoicing always, giving thanks in everything, and says, do not quench the Spirit. I don't believe for a minute there's a man walking this earth that can quench the Spirit of God for you. Because if that's the case, the God you're serving, he ain't much. Ken can't do it. Danny can't do it. Francis can't do it. If the Spirit of God and that fire that's in me, and Jude tells us to fan that flame, I believe, then whenever we feel the Spirit of God rising up in us and he gives us something to do, he gives us something to say, gives us something to study, 
He has something that he's wanting to get out to people. Maybe it's just to make me feel good, to get me from a place of low to a place of high. Don't quench the spirit. I can do that to me. You can do it to you. We can get on a pity party and quench the spirit of God. So did I clarify that okay? I can't take the spirit of God from you. If that's the case, Paul and Simon, I can't walk. I'm stuck. If that's the case, Paul and Silas couldn't have been praying and and singing and rejoicing in a prison. Knowing they're probably going to die if it goes the way that these people wanted it to go. But yet they were singing and praising God. And when they were singing and praising God, miraculous things happened. Those chains that we just sang about came off because they were praising God. They were delivered from a bad situation to something good. Why they were praising God. You know, when we come in here and we pray, when we are on the prayer line and we pray, that means that is praise to God. You know why? Because it's telling us in Him that we believe in that. We're not just going through the motions. Now that's what we should do. No, are we doing it? And I believe this request right here is God telling us keep on. Don't puff ourselves up. Don't get to big head because anything that's happening is not about you and me. It's all about Jesus. This whole thing is a lot bigger than us. It's about Jesus and what the Spirit of God can do. But he tells us to not quench the Spirit. So that tells me there that we can quench the Spirit of God. I can do that in me. Now, you may do something to me or I may do something to you that gets you in the mindset that you quench the Spirit. But I can't do that on my own in your life. Okay. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. He tells us that to try these things and see if they are of God, right? Match it up with the Bible. If somebody tells me that something is this or that, I've got a prophecy for you, God has told me this about you or whatever, that's good. And it might be uplifting to me, but don't take it at just face value. We have to take and we, have, we don't have contempt for it. We don't say, oh, I don't want to hear that. But we check it out with the word. We check it out with prayer. We get it in a multitude. What, what, what was the Bible saying? A multitude of counselors. So it's okay for me to go to Brother Willie and say, you know, Randy just said he had a prophecy for me and something about my life, and I just don't know how I feel about that. I might want to feel good about it, and I might well, I'm not sure about that. And it's okay for us to go and talk to others about that. Absolutely. That's where the wisdom's going to come from. But do not treat prophecies with contempt. That can be something on the other side, too, that we can take something way wrong and make it into something that's Jesus and God had nothing to do with it. It looks godly because the devil's good at doing that, right? He is a counterfeit. We learned that in Sunday school this morning. He will counterfeit what's going on. He'll take what God's doing and he'll turn it into something else. He'll make it counterfeit. It'll look religious. And by the way, the Bible tells us we are no match for him, not on our own, because he can fool us. He did it to Adam and Eve, and he's been doing it since day one. Taking God's word, tweaking it, twisting it, making it what he wants it to be. 
to manipulate and maneuver people. And we have to be careful with that. But do not take prophecies with contempt. But test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. There's a lot of evil in this world. We read about it. We see about it. There's all kinds of evil going on in this world. And we are to do what we can. We are to reject every kind of evil. You say, well, I sometimes it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. The flesh is there. But if we give in and let God have his way, if we give in and let him do what he wants to do, if we give in and pray the right way, then God can come in and he can fix whatever we're facing. Whatever these things are, whatever kind of evil that comes in. Every kind of evil. We've got to make sure first that it's evil, though. I've also I've heard that uh, everything that glitters is not gold. That's true. Everything that looks bad ain't either. Amen. Sometimes God gives me some pretty straight words. I don't care for them. I don't like it sometimes. You know what? Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? You're walking over, and I, God said, "I need you to change. I need you to do this. I need you to walk over. I need this going on." No, I don't want to do that, Lord. Sometimes that can happen to us. I'm talking real tonight. Do we've not faced that? Everybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. But reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May he sanctify us through and through. May he be the one that will sanctify us. I can't do that. You can't do that. We can play an act. We can act play act. We can do these things, but only God can truly sanctify us through and through. Every part of us, he can, he's the one that does the sanctifying so that we'll be blameless. Now I want you to think about something. And this is home for every one of us sitting in here tonight, I believe. What if Jesus came back now? It's a good thing we're sitting in church. Or we have sitting in church and we got bad thoughts going that's not right, that's not conducive, is not good for the kingdom of God. Then he sees that too as if it is as plain as the nose on your face. What if on Tuesday he comes back at 2.30? What are you doing? What am I doing? Am I doing something that is going to be pleasing to him or not? So that we can be blameless. And the only way that happens is that we get sanctified. Let him sanctify us. Folks, this is something that is done on a daily basis. And it happens through prayer. It happens through reading the word of God. It happens in, being, in seeking God that this sanctifying process happens. And in order for us to be fervent, effectual prayers, we need to have that happening. Just like when we took communion last week. You remember that? We sat for a moment of silence to pray and say, Lord, search me. Am I... Worthy to take this meal. 
Show me. Cleanse me. Help me, Lord. I want to serve you. My heart says I want to serve you. But, Lord, you know in my weakness, you know who I am in my flesh. You know the times that I'm weak. Help me, Lord. That's what we say so that we don't take communion to damnation. You know what I'm talking about this morning? What if Jesus comes back Tuesday afternoon and we're on the phone running somebody down? Are we blameless then? Or maybe we're at the liquor store. Yeah, both of them, Lord, help us. Because they're both the same. They are both the same. Because it's sin. And it ain't right in the, in the eyes of God and we need to be sanctified. Do we have the same kind of love that God is showing us in our hearts? Man, it's so easy when somebody does you wrong. <laughs> it's so easy whenever you see justice coming through and sometimes feel yourself going, oh, man, they deserve that. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you something. That didn't come from heaven, and that didn't come from the Holy Ghost because love does not rejoice in wrongs. Amen? Amen. So that's a prayer for us tonight. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. You and me, folks, we can't do this on our own. It says... He will do it. When Jesus hung on that cross, he took the authority to have over our bodies, to have over sin, to have over death, to have over everything. That's what he did. When he was hanging on that cross, you had all these people that were ridiculing Jesus. You had two guys that was hanging on a cross beside of him that was ridiculing Jesus. Well, if he, say, he says he can save everybody, why don't he just save himself? And Jesus could have done that. Do you understand? He had the power to do exactly that, but yet he couldn't do it. Because had he done it, there would have been no salvation for you and me. You see, meekness is not weakness. Oh, it's not weakness at all. It's knowing when to act and how to act. That's what meekness is. That's a humble spirit. And that's who Jesus is. And he's the one that hung on the cross, and that sanctification process will only come through him. I know that's hard to grasp, isn't it, sometimes? I don't know how better way to tell you. Brother Willie, can I tell this any better? Only Jesus can sanctify us. And only him in our heart can sanctify us. And when the Spirit talks to us, he, and he does, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't go that place. Don't, don't do that. And we say, okay. Or we say, I've got grace. Let me tell you something about grace. It's something that none of us deserve. Grace is freely given. Let me tell you something, the grace that is freely given 
The one that has received it is truly thankful. But the one who has to spend that grace like a money, like a dollar bill, he has to spend that grace to explain away sin. I wonder if he really has that grace. You understand what I'm saying? That you get out of jail free card to live however you want, but go, oh, I got grace. Good. I hope God's grace goes that way, but I tell you, I'd rather live along these lines. When Paul has given us all these things, the Holy Spirit has given us all these things. He's laid it out for us. Amen? As I said this morning, when we got saved, we didn't, get, we didn't got, die and go to heaven. We didn't get raptured out of here. We were left to live a life for Jesus. And he lays it out for us. Grace is special. But it's not an excuse to live however I want to live. I would propose to you that maybe you need to get the other grace because I don't think that's the grace of the Bible. And he goes on and says, brothers and sisters, pray for us. That's what we do one for another. That's what we're fixing to do now. We're going to pray for somebody that maybe we know, maybe we don't know. I wouldn't know this lady if she was sitting on the front row. Kenan would. He's seen her. He talked to her. But we pray one for another. Amen. And so they're going to give us some music. That's what we're going to do. Get where you're going to. Pray with yourself. Or if you feel compelled to meet up with someone and you guys pray together, that would be great. If you don't have one of these things, you keep praying for Heather. You can pray for Charlie's safe return. You pray for the thing we're doing next weekend. The, the steak and the movie, the dinner and the movie. It's going to be a good time for us, and hopefully it's going to be good for some others that it's an outreach issue. That's what, that's what Brother Dave wanted. I thank God that he had the heart to step up and say, let's do this. Amen? Because it's going to be good. If we can reach one soul through this, if we can reach one family, so be on your toes. You might have a chance to do ministry work. Right? Are we not all ambassadors for Jesus? Amen. So Pastor Ken might not do it, but it might be one of you. Amen. So let's go and let's pray. Let's call out to God and thank him for this opportunity and time that we have.